You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. My name's Adam, and I'm joined here as always by Chris. And so Chris, um, my wife and I, my family, we moved last week and uh, we were living in the same house for 13 years. Uh, had a great opportunity to own that home. We sold that home this summer so my son could get into a different high school. Come we on. could not find uh, a home to buy, and the best home we could find to get into that district was something to rent. And so we are renting a home. Okay. And let me tell you what, this guy right here loves not being an owner of a home <laughs> right now. <laughs> I remember that meme that was out. It was around the time when like the pandemic started. It showed the happy deer hopping into the woods and it was like all the introverts going into shelter in place. Like that was me. We could recycle that. And that was me hopping into this rent house, just going, it's not my problem. It's not my problem. Right. I see that. I literally this week, we had a little bit of rain here in Dallas and some water got into the garage. And I was like, I walked out and my heart skipped a beat because I was like, oh, I'm not the owner. All right. And I snapped a picture of it and sent it to the owner. I was like, Hey, let me know what you want me to do about this. And, <laughs> and so, uh, I love it now. Truth be told, right. If we do a Jesus juke here and go super serious and biblical uh-huh. truth be told of that other house that I quote owned, I wasn't the owner of that right? Come on. Uh, from That's a scriptural right. perspective. And so, although I feel different, not having a deed on this house, I That's could have right. probably felt the same way in the other house. Cause I was not an yeah. owner of it. I was a steward. That's of right. it. So that's what we're going to talk about today is we're uh, week two here talking about the defined series on work. And so Come last off. week we talked about using our gifts. Uh, we were created to be creative and today we're going to talk about stewardship. So yeah, how, that's a kind of an old word. Maybe our, our Lord of the Rings fans uh, know Let's stewardship because there was a, Let's there go. was a steward in Lord of the Rings, but that's exactly what right. is stewardship? How would you describe that? Yeah. Stewardship is, is basically taking all that God's given you, um, everything from your work to the breath in your lungs and, and turning that for his, his glory. Mm. Right. So I often say good stewardship is managing God's treasures in God's way for God's purposes, always for God's glory. Mm. I like that. Go through that again. So it's taking his treasures. It's taking his treasures in, in his way. So it's managing God's treasures in God's way for God's purposes, all to his glory. That's so good. And that's what, that's what stewardship is, man. I love John Wesley said, um, when the, when the possessor of heaven and earth brought you into being and placed you into the world, he placed you here, not as a proprietor, but as a steward. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. And so, I mean, I, I remember hearing some preaching the first time on this idea that you own nothing, you steward everything, I remember the seat I was sitting in in that auditorium as that pastor on that stage talked about that in my hmm. mind. Like it was just that emoji of just like the mind blown to just go, it's amazing. And and I love that story. I think is out of what? Second Chronicles, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. I get those mixed up, but they're they're about ready to open up. The Israelites are about ready to open up the temple. Yes. And, you know, and David uh, is praying basically. And it's just like, Lord, this is yours. Right. This is yours. And Come we on. own, we do not own this. You own this. And then using that, just how, how that principle plays out in our life nowadays, today. So yes. it works when we talk about work. Like, cause, cause that is, I mean, we, we've got a couple of things that we need to steward as men. 
um, when it comes and how that relates to work. So you want to talk about a couple of those things? Absolutely. One of the one of the phrases I hear all the time is um, what I have, you know, I've worked for it. I've earned it. Um, I didn't get any gifts or I didn't get any handouts. All this is my work. It's it, it's my hard work. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds very possessive. And and on one hand, yes, you know, there's there's a reality behind that. You know, you you have worked hard for things. But on the other hand, we need to remember Deuteronomy chapter eight. I think it's Mm. verse 17 and 18 that says, um, you know, you say to yourself, my power and the strengths of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But but remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who Mm. gives you the ability to produce wealth. That's right. It is he who gives you um, the strength for your hands. Right. You you've worked hard. You saved diligently. You've put in long hours and, and that's good. Well done. But you need to remember that that God, your creator, gave you that ability. He gave you the ability to think. Um, he gave you your talent. He gave you your strength to get you to where you are today. Um, you're only making money and only being successful because he's allowing you to do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so if I was going to say like the first thing we need to steward then are these talents, these skills, these passions, these interests, whatever it is about us that makes yeah. us employable and good at our work. Yes, you've worked really hard and you've taken that gift that God has given you and you have been diligent to uh, to invest in that. Uh, but all of that came from the Lord. And so in some ways, you know, when we think about our job, uh, it's good and right and appropriate, uh, especially, you know, a couple of caveats here, you know, given um, if, if you have an employment situation like we've got here in the United States right now where unemployment's mm. incredibly low, there's a lot of choices to make. And one way to think through that is how can you best steward yeah. Your gifts, your talents, your skills, and the way God made you, can you use that as part of your vocation? Because that that's that's not your gift. That's his. That he gave it to you. Absolutely. And not only did he give it to you, but like he's going to take an account of it. Mm. You know, of course, this is this is kind of famous in, in the parable of the talents. But like one day God's going to come back or you're going to go to him. And like he's going to ask you, what did you do with those talents that that I gave you? Yep. What did you do with those abilities that I gave you? Like, like how did you how did you steward those? And and I'm telling you, um, it's going to be bad if 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 we look at God and say, well, I maintained it, mm-hmm. right? Like He's not looking for you just to maintain at work. You know, there's there's a phenomenon today called slow quitting, right? Where we're just yeah. we're just trying to show up and get by at work. We're trying to go unnoticed. We just want to fade into the background. Like that's not what God intends for your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he wants you to take those talents. Uh, he wants you to take those gifts. He's entrusted those to you. And he wants you to invest them wisely into your workplace and into the world to make it better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not, not, not foolishly. Uh, I think it was Paul Samuelson that said, um, you know, investing your gifts should be more like watching paint dry or grass grow. Um, if you want excitement, take $800 to Las Vegas is what he said, right? But it's like that, it's like that faithful investment time after time after time where, where you begin to see something substantial grow. That's right. And when you're tapped into this, because, uh, where it's not like paint drying is that there's something like, you know, you're connected and doing some of the things that the Lord wants you to do when there is a reward in the work. That's right. That is intrinsic and that money cannot give you. Again, like kind of like that old MasterCard commercial, right? So you you and I are both teachers, right? We like to teach, we like to coach. 
Um, I didn't, I didn't like sign up for that, that skill. You didn't mm-hmm. sign up for that skill. That skill that the Lord somehow gave you seemed to have given me a measure of as well. Uh, that's not for me. That's for, to glorify him. And that's for the use of others. Now, when I diligently practice that skill, and then I have sure. an opportunity to go and teach, listen, there's something that is, uh, fulfilling about that or rewarding that is not connected to money that kind of actually is, is even more motivating than money is the ability Absolutely. to know I'm stewarding what the, these gifts and these skills that, the, that God has given me. I'm trying to get better at those and I'm using those to try to make this world a better place. And so, uh, that, that is, um, that, that's a little bit, yes, it's slow and laborious, like watching paint dry or grass grow, but there's still some intrinsic nature to that, that feels motivating. Hey, does that match up with your experience as well? Man, absolutely. Like, you know, I think we would call that being in the zone, yep. right? Or hitting your 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 stride or or your sweet spot. Right. So um I I, I help I help run a nonprofit. So there there are things I have to do here that um like I'd rather go see a dentist. <laughs> right. Like I hate budgeting. I hate spreadsheets, yes. but, but, but like I, I oversee a, a, a nonprofit. So like I have to know how to do those things and I have to do those things with excellence and I have to do those things to the best of my ability. So, yep. um, what, what I love doing is being on stage and preaching and teaching and sharing the vision and the mission of better man. So, so the Lord is good and, and he gives me, you know, two or three of those opportunities every month to be in my sweet spot and to be out there and just, you know, crushing it. And and I, I love that. But at the end of the day, like I still have to come into the office on Monday and like and like look at the numbers of groups yeah. launched and figure yeah. out why we're not launching more. Or that's right. You know, figure out, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put these resources here and those resources there. So and, and the reality is that's the majority of the work I do. That's right. That's like, right. Like, yeah. Like yeah, it's not glorifying. It's not sexy, no. right? No, and there's so much mundane that happens in the middle there. But, uh, but the ability to do that is uh, there's a there's an intrinsic reward in all of it. And here's what I love too about when, when the body of Christ collectively stewards the way that they've been made and created it. That's where it becomes the body of Christ, as Paul talks about in First Corinthians mm-hmm. twelve, where um, you don't like budgeting and spreadsheets due to the size of your organization right now, you all are trying to be lean and startup kind of mode. You've got to, you've got to carry some of that load. You've got to do that. You and I both know this. There's people out there that the way you and I talk about teaching either on a stage of 400 Mm -hmm. or a state or just in front of five people, whatever it is, just teaching in general, that uh, the way we get fired up about that and find an intrinsic reward, there's a brother out there that feels that way about Excel. Right? And that's, that's, just, that's what's amazing about the body and amazing about the diversity of gifts and skills that are out there. It's like, we don't have to go around comparing. We just got to be who we are and the way God made us and, and steward that. And that's when you start to realize, okay, this is pretty awesome. We get to be a team. We get to be Come a part of a team on, with man. all this. And, and God's so good in doing that, right? I see, I see so many men today. And, and let, me just, let me just add, God bless that brother that loves that Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yes. He's the real hero. Yes. He's the real hero. But, but so sometimes I think what happens is, you know, back to the parable of the talents, right? So he's given some two talents and some four talents. He's given some six talents. He's given some a stage of four. He's given some a stage of 400. He's given some the ability to do spreadsheets and a love for that. He's given others to, 
um, you know, ability and love to, to woodwork and, you know, do things mm-hmm. with their hands. What, what happens is often we'll look at other people's talents and other people's gifts and we'll wish they were ours. Yeah. Right. And, and what that does is um, it makes us ungrateful. Hmm. Right. We have this saying at my house that that gratitude makes what you have enough. Hmm. That's really good. Right. And, yeah. and that's that's my favorite thing about gratitude. Gratitude takes everything you have and it just makes it enough. So that's right. So I, I see a lot of guys that are not grateful for their work. They're not grateful for their vocation. They're not grateful for the skills that God has given them. And and maybe they're a three and four talent guy, right? But they're looking at that seven talent guy and they're man, they're saying, Man, I wish I was that. Yeah. yeah. And and what yeah. they don't know is sometimes the seven talent guys looking back and saying, Man, I wish I only had to deal with that. That's right. right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we're yeah. all we're all doing that. Yeah. Everybody's equally discontent with their life. <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> <laughs> so just we're just one big hopeless complicated humanity with all of that. Uh, That is, that is so right. And uh, yeah, it is, it is just, I I like that, that the gratitude, it, it produces in us that level of satisfaction or contentment Mm -hmm. that comes with this. And, and so that, that's right and appropriate as we think about as men in our work. So we've got to steward the way God made us. Now, you know, somebody may be sitting there going, well, I think I made a decision back when I was 19 years old to study something that I'm not good at. I don't know if I'm stewarding it. Mm. And there's those situations that are out there probably beyond the scope of this episode, you know, and, but there are some people out there that can probably help you think about that and how to uh, engage in some conversations Mm. with your employer to maybe get some things to line up a little bit better. Um, But listen, if your eyes open up to that and you start to realize that that's a good journey, lean into that journal through that, talk about that, research that, because that may be your eyes opening up and there may be a, a career change coming where you can get some more alignment between the gifts that you've been given and the things that show up on your to-do list. The yeah. other thing that we have to steward in the midst of all of this is because um, I talked about an intrinsic reward that money can't give, but let's also be honest, we work for money, right? We've got to be able to provide for 100%. our families. And so that too is something that we need to steward. And that too is not ours, right? Because that is the Lord and his you know, grand uh, omnipotence, making sure that everybody uh, has something that they need to steward. And so the rewards of our work are something we need to steward as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love what Mark Batterson said. He said, when God blesses you financially, don't raise your standard of living, raise your standard of giving. That's right. Right. That's and, right. And, and, and here's the reality. And this is not I've got to be careful because on the surface, this is going to sound like prosperity gospel. Yep. But but those who know me like no I would never do that so so I'm I'm going to say this but but let's unpack it a little bit those who pursue God's work God's way right that good stewardship we talked about mm-hmm. will it will eventually experience God's success yes like that's biblical yeah if 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 you're pursuing God's work in God's way you're eventually going to experience God's success and and God's success is usually more than just money hmm. that's good. Kingdom success is becoming more and more like Jesus, mm. right? So, so kingdom success could look could look more like financial rewards, absolutely, right? Yep. Um, a pay raise, a bonus, a bigger office, things of that nature. But it also is going to look like greater peace and contentment in your life. Okay, it's also going to look like more opportunities to share your faith and be a blessing to others because right. you have more resources. Yep. Um, it's typically going to mean greater influence, 
Yeah. Because you're going to have a level of, of personal and professional success and, and people are going to want to want to be a part of that. So so what I like to remind men, especially as they're beginning to taste some of kingdom success, some of God's success, is is always remember that that circumstances don't determine our faithfulness. Our character does. That's so good. It's our character that determines our faithfulness, not our not our circumstances. And and a man's character will affect the way he handles these new responsibilities. That's right. That's right. That is so good. Yeah. And so, I mean, let's uh, let's think about like the guy again who's maybe hearing some of this for the first time because, it, I, like I like I mentioned before, I remember specifically where I was sitting uh, when I'm when I'm hearing this. Like God owns it all. We uh, we are stewards of everything and owners of nothing. And so, I mean, some of the implications of this, like some of the things that pop into my mind, number one, your, your income and your bonus, your whole financial structure, not a scoreboard. That's, like, right. that's not a scoreboard. That is not a declaration of your identity. That is not an identity to carry. Uh, that is a responsibility to steward. That's what it is. Um, expenses now, it's not just, do I have enough? I mean, you're asking some different questions. It's like, all right, Lord, well, how do you want me to use your funds with all of this. I mean, generosity now is, is mm. now, all right, Lord, how much do you want me to keep? I mean, there's just some different ways to start thinking about this. This idea of stewardship is far reaching in its implications and, mm. and really can interrupt a lot of areas of our life in a good way. Yeah. And, and should. Yeah. You know, so, so Adam, think about the gospel, right? The, mm. the most famous probably Bible verse ever, um, God so loved the world that he gave his, his son, right? His only begotten son. Well, there's two parts to that verse. So let's go back to part A. God so loved the world that he gave. Stop right there. There you go. Generosity is at the heart of the gospel. Yes. Like God was giving us something. That's good. And he was giving us the greatest treasure ever, his most prized possession. He was giving us his son. So, so if you proclaim or if you profess to be a man of the gospel, like generosity is at the heart of who you are. That's right. Uh, because That's right. you're, because, you're reflecting God. As a matter of fact, I think we're, we're most reflecting the gospel when we're most giving. That's true. And, and, and I tell people all the time, the more, the more I look at Christ, the more I want to give. Hmm. And the more I give, the more I look like Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the, you know, so I had a stent over at Watermark for about 18 months where I led our quote stewardship ministry. And so we were talking about the biblical view of money, wealth, possessions. And so for like 18 months, that's all I talked about all day, every day. And mm -hmm. it became very clear to me, just some misunderstandings that I think a lot of people have with when it comes to what it means to be a steward there, because there's this group out there in Christendom that just thinks stewardship means using coupons. That's right. Right. And so it's like, oh, stewardship, I buy the generic Doritos. That's I don't buy right. the real ones where I'm just, I'm sad for you. Right. It's like, just get the real Come Doritos. On. They're amazing. They're <laughs> so you don't, that's amazing. So, but it's not, it is so much more than that. And as we went through and we continue to study it, it was like, what you just said is so right that I think the true mark of our understanding of stewardship is not seen in whether or not we try to uh, cut cable or um, live in this neighborhood as opposed to that neighborhood. It's not all of this just save and spend less. That's right. It is, it is are you giving? Like it, generosity is the mark that you understand that you own mm. nothing and mm. that you steward everything. So I love what you're saying there with that. Yeah. One of the, one of the lines I write in our forthcoming curriculum, um, 
one of the sections we talk about managing the increase. Hmm. So, so doing God's work in God's way ultimately leads to God's success. So how do you manage the increase? Um, one of the lines I write is, is stewardship. So I want you to think of stewardship as a cycle of receiving and giving, resting and working, praying and doing. That's the okay. cycle. Yeah. Receiving and giving, resting and working, praying and doing. And it's just this cycle of that over and over and over again. And and success has never been an issue of how much success has always been a matter of faithfulness. Mm. Right. Uh, really a good, good steward, he shares his faith, he shares his life, he shares his gifts with others. Period. Like that's what a good steward steward does. And and it's so funny you mentioned about those those coupons. Adam, so um, Randy Alcorn, who who has just wrote yeah. so much good on stewardship, right? Yeah, he says that that saving is such a it's such a misnomer, right? So I hear people all the time say, "Well, the sweater was eighty dollars. I bought it for thirty, and I saved fifty bucks." Yeah. Well, well, no, you didn't. Nah. You yeah you yeah you you you, you just lost you spent thirty dollars. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't save anything. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. It's uh, it's crazy. And a lot of my, again, being a CPA, a lot of my friends are still CPAs and they'll talk about how many poor decisions they see people make to try to save a few thousand dollars on their taxes. Like, well, you spent 50 to save two. <laughs> That that's just bad math. Like, why are we doing that? <laughs> so, uh, always a few exceptions to that, but generally speaking, yeah, it is a misnomer. And listen, that's just the culture we're in. Here's what's uh -huh. even crazy, man. We're getting off on topic now, but like the credit card companies have talked me into. I'll just I'll just confess myself that spending is earning because <laughs> everything I do, it's like points, points, points. I'm like, dude, I just earned a hundred points. It's like, no. You just spent $200. That's, That's what you right. really did. You didn't earn anything. No, These no. little points that maybe That's get me a, a gift card to Olive Garden one day. Like, no, I don't know it, if that's worth anything. Yeah. Hey, and it's it's no different than eight-year-old Adam and eight-year-old Chris. Yep. When we spent um, we spent $50 at the arcade so we could win a $3 stuffed animal. That's right. Hey, bro, that's it's right. the same premise. Same like, premise. Like, we never grow out of that. No, I, you I, don't. I'll, I'll take my kids to to one of these game places and and they're like, Dad, how many tickets do we have? I'm like, we have fifteen hundred tickets. They get like a lollipop and a and a plastic car, and they're like, this is amazing. That just cost me seventy two dollars. Seventy two dollars for that. Yeah, yeah. You could have bought like the greatest Lego set for them <laughs> for fifty dollars, and uh, and it would have been healthier too because he didn't have to eat that pizza. So anyway, we're Come totally on. off tra off track. This, but uh, but again, the the point with all of that is is that stewardship of our finances is not just about being frugal. Now, listen, that's frugality right. is uh, in no way are we pouring cold water on that. So frugality, that's right. that's, that's awesome. Um, but let's not fool ourselves to just think, oh, I'm being a good steward. I think the true mark of stewardship is going to be seen in our generosity. Uh, and that is, <laughs> that is one of the things that we need to think about that is so relevant as we think about all this with work. So, yeah. so we've been referencing over the last two episodes, this defined series and talking about work. So where, where can people find this? Cause you talked about a couple of those lessons and, uh, when's it coming out and where can they find it? Man, we're so excited. So as you all know, we have we have this four-part series called Defined, where we're doing a deep dive into the four W's. Um, we've already released Courageously Following God's Word. We've already released um, Loving and Protecting God's Woman. So in December, 
we're we're releasing the last two pillars, the last two sections. So we will be releasing a, a good man, a real man excels at God's work, and a real man, God's man, betters God's world through his church, community, and children. Mm-hmm. We'll be releasing both of those studies in December. So so look out for those. We're so excited about those. They're they're five week studies that you can you can grab a group of men and and go through, and it really begins to biblically and theologically unpack these topics. That's right. All right. Well, Chris, uh, fascinating conversations as always. Come on. And everybody, go get go get some cool ranch Doritos. Get the real thing. Yes, and stay away from Chuggy Cheese. <laughs> so now we've got Zach Bryan who doesn't like us, and Chuggy Cheese who doesn't like us. We got to stop. We got to stop with all this. Hey, but we're uh, in. We're in with Doritos, bro. That's all we that are. We are and pagers, Doritos and pagers. So uh, Motorola, they're coming after us. All right, Chris. Always good to be with you. See you. See you next time. Hey there, we've got a free resource we want to give you before we go. We know that between work, family, and life, it can be really difficult to find and practice a good model for biblical masculinity. That's why we record these podcasts for you every week, and that's also why we put together this free resource called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. All you have to do is go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and you will be able to download this publication. You do not have to try to be a better man on your own. We are here to help you. So go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and download five ways to be a better man right now. That's betterman.com.